Now we have been talking about unstoppable faith. And this morning, I'd like to continue to emphasize on that, unstoppable faith. And after that, as has been announced, next week onwards, it's going to be unstoppable gospel with uh, emphasis on missions. But we can talk so much about faith. And uh, that's what the Christian life is all about. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so this morning on Unstoppable, Unstoppable Faith, I'd like to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 12. Are you ready? Read out loud. There is power in the reading of God's Word, in the hearing of God's Word, and definitely in the doing of God's Word. Let's read it together. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And then jumping down to verse 10. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Everybody say, We have never seen anything like this. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. We are very familiar with this story about the healing of the paralytic carried by his four friends. Many times in the Bible, when Jesus did a miracle, a miracle of healing, he would say, your faith your faith has made you well. It is the faith of the individual who sought healing or a miracle from Jesus. It is the individual's faith. But in this passage here, it wasn't just the individual's faith. In fact, it was the faith of the four men. And the Bible here, here very clearly says in verse 5, when Jesus saw whose faith? Their faith. Their faith. And this is what I'd like to share on this morning. A different slant to what we know of our faith, individual faith being rewarded. It is the faith, the collective faith 
of the people of God or of those who believe that Jesus can heal, that Jesus can do the miracle. It is their faith, not the faith of the paralytic, although, as we shall see, it definitely has a hand in it. But the Bible here says when Jesus saw their faith, The story started by telling us that Jesus returned home. And the place that was mentioned is Capernaum, northwest of the Sea of Galilee. That was the place where Jesus called home, Capernaum. And that was the, his headquarters for his Galilean ministry. Jesus did a lot of miracles in the area of Galilee and his headquarters would be in Capernaum. He called that his home. And so the Bible here says, Jesus returned home. Wow, vale kampong. And everybody had, know, had known about Jesus by this time. If you read Mark chapter 1, you find that, wow, Jesus had done many miracles there. There were healings, you know, leprosies, uh, leper, uh, 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 lepers were healed, demon possessed were delivered, Peter's mother-in-law was healed. So there were a lot of miracles already happening and, and, and the name of Jesus was already famous at that time. But in spite of that, in spite of all the miracles that Jesus did, not everybody believed. We think, oh, God, if you were to heal me, God, if you were to do this miracle, the whole nation will turn to you. Don't believe that. Even with miracles, Jesus himself performing many miracles, the people still would not believe. In fact, in, Mark chapter, uh, sorry, in Luke chapter 10, later on, Jesus would pronounce a curse upon Capernaum. Because they say, if these miracles that I have done were done in the midst of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented a long time ago. But somehow there was a hardness of the heart. But in this case here, the people were excited. They wanted to see the miracles of Jesus Christ. They were curious, like many of us. So Jesus returned home. And what did he do? The Bible says that he was in a house. Whose house was it? Most likely, it was Simon Peter's house. Because in Mark chapter 1, verse 29, the Lord was in Simon Peter's house. And Jesus just healed the mother-in-law. So most likely, it was in Simon Peter's house. Decent, big enough, but... As houses were in those days, the maximum that, could, that, that they could put in maybe just about 50 people. Now, for a cell group, 50 people in your cell, you, even in the, in the biggest bungalow, it's very hard to fit in 50 people, right? Yeah. So you find it was crowded. And Jesus could have just turned them away and said, go back. But instead, the Bible says, and he preached to them. He preached to them in verse 2. Jesus preached. He wasn't doing any miracles. He wasn't healing anybody. 
You see, there is a place for the preaching of God's word. They wanted miracles, but Jesus took time to preach. Because it is in the preaching of the word of the Lord, many times faith is stirred up. We want the miracles, we do not want the word. It doesn't happen that way. What did Jesus preach about? Most likely he was preaching about the kingdom of God and about repentance and about faith. Entrance into the kingdom of God is by repentance and faith. So he preached the gospel to them. The word of the Lord is sharper than any two-aged sword, piercing into the heart, into the soul, into the marrow. It is the word of the Lord. And whatever we do, we must preach the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen. The preaching of God's word sets the people free. And so Jesus preached to them the word. And then the Bible says the crowd was so great. And there were a group of people who have a friend, a paralyzed man, who could not get in. And they did all kinds of things. And when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus saw their faith. The faith of these four men. What are the characteristics of a faith that would capture the attention of Jesus? A faith that Jesus could see very clearly. What are the characteristics? Firstly, faith will enable you to reach the unreachable. Everybody say, reach the unreachable. Faith will enable you to reach the unreachable. You find that the place was crowded, swarming with people. And here were four guys. How they got there with these sick men, paralyzed men. We, do not, we are not sure, but there they were just outside. And, they, and, and, and their main aim was to reach Jesus Christ. Somehow they must reach Jesus, but they could not get in. They had a tenacious faith. Verse 3, some men came, bringing to him, bringing the paralyzed man to Jesus. They could not get to Jesus because he was crowded. The four men could not get to Jesus, but their faith could. Their faith could reach Jesus. Now, in, in those days, houses out, were built with staircases outside the house. So most likely the four men just climbed the stairs of the house up to the roof. They would not be dissuaded. These men were willing to do whatever it takes to bring their friend to Jesus. They would stop at nothing to reach Jesus, to get to Jesus. They could have easily given up and said, it's no use. We tried. They could have turned to their friend and said, sorry, it's just not your day. They tried to say, excuse me, excuse me, but nobody would make way for them. You would have thought that the crowd, when they saw the paralyzed man, would at least make way and let them in. 
But everybody wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus. Everybody just wanted to see what, what, what he's going to do, what he's doing and what he's saying. So nobody made way for them. They could have, they could have just said, come on, let's go home. But no, they press in to reach the unreachable. That's what faith does. You see, many times we are paralyzed. We may not be paralyzed physically, but we are so paralyzed by fear. We may not be paralyzed physically, but emotionally, spiritually, we are paralyzed. We meet a little bit of difficulties and we are paralyzed. We have a dream, but something happened. There was an obstacle, there was a barrier. We couldn't get through the barrier and we give up and we walk away and we never reach what we were reaching for. So many dreams have died. So many people have not been able to reach what they were reaching for. It was unreachable and they give up and they walk away. But not with these four men. They had a tenacious faith, what they call the bulldog faith. You know a bulldog? Oh, a bulldog, once it catches hold on you, you will never let go. That's a bulldog faith. You will never let go of you already. It will sink its teeth into, in, into your flesh and will never let go. And so they have made up their mind. Nothing is going to stop us now. We have come this far. We are not going back without reaching Jesus Christ. So they climb up to the stairs, to the roof, to the staircase. You see, faith forces us to put our beliefs into behavior. Faith is not just saying, I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus can heal me and that's all and do nothing about it. The paralyzed man could keep saying to himself, I believe Jesus can heal me. The four men can keep on saying, I believe that Jesus is the healer and they do nothing about it and they go home. That's not faith. Faith forces us to put our beliefs into behavior. Faith is a verb. Book of Hebrews says faith is a substance. It's a verb. It's an action. And so that's what this woman did. What are the names of this empat sekawan? How many of you still remember tiga sekawan? Anybody remember that? Come on, I'm not so old. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Tiga sekawan. They have a, a TV show. Oh, empat sekawan. Empat sekawan. Yeah, empat sekawan. <laughs> Tiga sekawan is a three stooges. Huh? <laughs> empat sekawan. Yeah. Empat sekawan. Four friends of faith. What's their names? Somebody have said, Mark measures faith not by its doctrine or orthodoxy. But, and these are the nicknames of the four friends. First friend is named Determination. Second friend is named Courage. Third friend is named Persistence. And the name of the fourth friend is Confidence. That's what faith is all about. 
tenacious faith, determined, courageous, persistent, and confidence. And they press in. They reach the unreachable. For the sake of a friend, they were willing to do anything to bring their friend to Jesus. What about us? Are we bringing the lost to Jesus? Are we willing to be stretcher bearers? We believe in Jesus, wonderful, great I am. But there are many people who are paralyzed, who are sick, who are wounded. And Jesus is the only solution. Jesus is the only hope. These four men, when they heard Jesus, is back in Capernaum. They did everything they could to reach the unreachable, even though it was so difficult to get in, but they were determined to do it. We thank God that we had just had a healing encounter. There were stretcher bearers that brought their friends to hear the gospel of our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, from last weekend's healing encounter, we have on record 13 salvation. 13 people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. How did it happen? There were stretcher bearers, Empatsukawan, who were concerned for their friend, who were bringing their friend to Jesus Christ. And I think that's the most powerful way to reach out to your oikos, to reach out to your friend. Just the other week, I met a couple outside after the service and got to know them a little. I talked to them, you know, and asked, asked them, never ask a person, are you new here? I asked them, how long have you been here? If they have been here for 10 years and you still ask them, are you new here? That would be an insult. So I asked, how long have you been here? He said, oh, I've been here since last December. Just this last December. I said, wow, that's interesting, you know. And uh, how did you come to Glad Tidings? Oh, she said, I have a, 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 an old friend, you know. And uh, she comes to this church, you know. And, uh, 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 you know, so, so, so one day, you know, she just talked to me and, and we just talked and, and she invited me over to Glad Tidings for the Christmas presentation last year. Uh, I hope the person doesn't mind, but I'll mention her name because this is a good story, okay? I said, and, and, and who's a friend of yours? She says, oh, it's Yi In. Yeah, Yi In, can you please stand? Come on, give her, come on. Can I, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Can you please stand? Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. She was the one who just told the friend, hey, we have this Christmas, you know, would you like to come and all those things? And the friend came. And she says, since that day onwards, I've been coming to Glad Tidings. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A stretcher bearer. Because we believe it is so important that people come to meet Jesus Christ, come to know of Jesus Christ. We want to bring somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. And for many of them, it seems far-fetched. They may not even have thought about it. And some of them may seem so unreachable to, to us that they cannot be reached with the gospel. But when you have that tenacious faith, you can bring your friend to Jesus Christ. Your family members can be brought to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't give up on any of them. Somebody say amen. Never give up on any of them. You can reach the unreachable. It is not just the loss, but in whatever things that you are doing. We must reach out to the unreachable. We have this opportunity, another opportunity this weekend with uh, the Nathan Morris uh, healing encounter. Be a stretcher bearer. We must bring them to Jesus Christ. Faith reaching the unreachable. And it is unstoppable. Secondly, faith will find a way where there seems to be no way. Not just to get up to the roof, but after that, what do you do? There's still no way out. But faith will find a way where there seems to be no way. This is ingenious faith. Whatever it takes, it is a daring faith. You see, faith will find a way. When they reach up to the rooftop, what do they do next? How do you get the person down? It's through the roof. Through the roof. Stuck there on the rooftop, they are still thinking. Now, anybody got any great idea? These people would not give up for as long as there is a pulse of hope, faith will find a way. Now, this incident is recorded in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But again, Mark is the one who goes into specific details that are not recorded in other Gospels. Luke just mentioned that they lower him down the roof. But Mark tells us they dark. They dark and make a way. It was digging. They were digging. Now it seems that in those days, they have flat rooftop. Alright, they have flat rooftop. And some houses in Malaysia, I've seen they have flat rooftop as well. I don't know why there are not many, but there are. And so it's not just a tilted one, a slanted one, but uh, even then, now, rooftops were usually made of plaster and mud and straws and branches to strengthen them. And so they have to literally dig. I don't know whether they have a shovel or not, or whether they just use their bare hands to just dig through that roof and make a hole there. Faith will find a way. Now, this could be how it looks like. We don't know. 
to lower that stretcher, that bed, you know, will require quite a big hole. Unless he's lowered down the other way, vertically, you know, but that will be dangerous as well. So you find that it, was, it would be quite a challenge to do that. But faith will always find a way where there seems to be no way. If there is no way, what do you do? Create one. And that's what they did. Faith never gives up. For some of us, we will say, oh, here we are, stuck again. I think it's not God's will. Now, there is a theory about closed doors and open door. All right? God will grant us open door. And open door, you just walk through and all that. But when the door is closed, what do you do? Many of us will say, oh, it's not God's will then. If the door is closed, it cannot be God's will. That theory fails in this case because there was no way at all. It was every door was closed. Every window was closed. And the roof was solid. And yet they did not give up. When there's no way, faith will make, will find a way. How you can take your faith through the roof? Believe that if you are asking something that is the will of God, there's a way to achieve it. You are walking with the Lord, you are walking right with the Lord, whatever difficulties, you know, uh, there may be, and even seemingly closed doors, believe that there is a way to achieve it. Every miracle has a key. You just have to find that key. And these people, they have daring faith, ingenious faith, creative faith, when there seems to be nothing else that they could do, they became very creative. They dug a hole in the roof, through the roof, without asking the owner's permission. How audacious, isn't it? It's not their property. They are destroying somebody else's property. But to them, whatever it takes, we must bring this friend to see Jesus. When is the last time you and I were accused of doing something radical, something bold, something daring for the Lord? I think Christians have been too timid. At the slightest difficulty, we spiritualize things and say, oh, this may not be from the Lord at all. But many times there will be obstacles along the way. Why did Jesus say, you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed. Be cast into the sea. It shall be done. Many people see the mountain. Oh, I think this is God's will. It's not for us here. We walk away. We are not bold. We are not daring. No wonder our prayers are so timid. I challenge you to rise up with bold, daring, faith prayer. That will make a way even when there seems to be no way in your own life, whatever that you are going through. Do not be intimidated by the crowd. Do not be put off by the roof. 
by all the obstacles and the barriers that you will face in life. But let your faith rise up and dare to do the daring thing. Be bold. Martin Luther King Jr. says, we must have the faith that things will work out somehow, that God will make a way for us when there seems to be no way. That's faith. God makes a way where there's no way. He turns our Red Seas into roads. He parted the Red Sea and make it into roads for us. God will make a way where there seems no way. So they opened up that roof and lowered their friend. Incredible. Rise up. I challenge you to dare to believe God for great things. That's the only way to move forward. That's the only way to see the miracles of God. In many areas of our life, like what they used to say, you cannot play safe. We are playing too safe, Christians. We are playing too safe. Oh, the economy is bad. Oh, life is like that. Oh, I'm limited. Oh, we don't have the resources. We are playing too safe. But in the midst of the difficulties and lack, you rise up, you dare to believe God. See the hand of the Lord working on your behalf. What will happen then? Faith makes the impossible possible. Faith will make the impossible possible. Jesus saw their faith and he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. He saw their faith. This is infectious faith. Jesus saw their faith. And their faith is able to result in the healing of that man. Faith is infectious. It is not just the faith of the paralytic man, but the faith of these four friends. And this is one of those rare occasions where somebody else's faith can impact another person. Jesus saw. Faith can be seen. It is not just what you say, it is not just what you believe, but it is what you do. And Jesus saw these four men. How they pushed through the crowd, how they climbed the steps, carrying the man on the bed, how they opened up the roof, how they lowered the roof, or lowered the man down the roof. That's all faith. He saw all of that. You see, Jesus is always impressed by great faith. He is always moved when there is faith in action. It's just like him. He always rewards faith. He is always looking for people who display faith in him. He honors daring faith. He always does. Whenever there is manifestation of faith in the gospel, it is always rewarded. Any single act of faith is rewarded by the Lord and honored by the Lord. 
So he saw their faith. Very infectious faith. Your faith can infect others. Faith is a belief that leads you to try the unbelievable and to do the impossible. Why? Because you believe that God is with you and that God is a God of miracles. Somebody say amen. That's what faith is all about. Being, being serious with Jesus and believing that He can do something for you and for others as, as well. That's all. Believing and acting upon it. When Jesus saw their faith, He said something incredible that confuses everybody. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. What? The people couldn't believe what they heard. The four men out there couldn't believe what they hear. They are reasoning among them, hey, Jesus, we brought our friend here through much trouble. And you are telling us his sins are forgiven. Hey, 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 that's not why we brought him here. We brought him here for what? For healing. Not the forgiveness and dealing with his sins. He needs healing. He's paralyzed. He cannot walk at all. Can you just imagine? You had a fall or you had an accident. And the spouse rushed you to the hospital, to the emergency ward. And the doctor came and looked at you. And he said, man, your sins are forgiven. Now you can go home. I mean, what kind of treatment is that? Or you go to the pharmacy, ask him for some prescription and all that. You look at the prescription and wrote that, your sins are forgiven. Yeah, go home. Hey, you didn't come for that. You come for healing. You expected healing. But Jesus says your sins are forgiven. But he's the greatest physician. He diagnosed, his diagnoses are always right. He knows exactly what is needed. Forgiveness is perhaps the greatest need that all of us have. To have our sins Forgiven. Forgiveness is the heart of the gospel. And every one of us long to hear those three words. To hear those three words. You are forgiven. Or sometimes I have to deal with a particular couple. The husband did something many years ago. And it was dealt with already. He repented. The wife has forgiven. But he could not forgive himself. 
and the issue keep on coming back to him. What if this? What if that? I said, brother, those kind of things will not happen. I assured him, knowing the case and, 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 and the situation. I kept assuring him, but he still could not accept it. God has forgiven you. He still could not accept it. Your wife has forgiven you. He still could not accept it. That's why all of us long to hear these three words, you are forgiven. And it's God himself who said this to us. Is it related to his disease, to his sickness, to his paralysis? We don't know. But sin and sickness are kind of interrelated. If not in the present, at least even right from the beginning in the fall of mankind. So when the Pharisees and the scribes heard it, they asked the same question that all of us still ask today. Who can forgive sins but God? God only. God alone can forgive sins. And Jesus replied, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. If Jesus has authority to forgive sins and if only God can forgive sins, then Jesus is God. But the scribes and the Pharisees couldn't accept that. That's why they said, you blasphemer. Sickness or sin, let Jesus decide. He knows. In this case, the man needs forgiveness first. Jesus therefore says, your sins are forgiven. Many times we come to God for healing. But it is forgiveness that we need first. Forgiveness by God, forgiveness from others. And we willing to forgive others. Because forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs. It means the greatest need, it costs the greatest price, it brings the greatest blessing and the most lasting results. Forgiveness heals. Forgiveness brings healing. All of us need that. Many times we are not healed because there is unforgiveness still inside or we are not willing to accept the forgiveness of God. Open your heart to receive the forgiveness and healing will come. And then finally, and this is the most exciting part, Jesus said, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Now, what is Jesus asking the para paralyzed man to do? He is asking the paralyzed man to do the impossible. He has been paralyzed for years. And Jesus says, get up, take up your mat and go home. Impossible. But when there is faith, faith makes the impossible possible. Get up, get up, take your mat and walk. 
Even though it was humanly impossible, if Jesus says you could do it, then you can do it. And so he did the impossible. He did what he has never been able to do before. He did what no man has ever done before. He stood up. When God asks you to do something that seems humanly impossible, He'll make it possible for us. Hallelujah. I don't know what your situation you are in. It may seem so impossible. But possibility is coming. Possibility is coming your way. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible. When a word from the Lord is released, it carries with it a seed of God's infinite realm of unlimited power so that the impossible becomes possible. The word of God has been released. I say to you, get up and walk. Get up and walk. Jesus released the word of the Lord. The seed of God's infinite realm of unlimited power. The man grabbed it. He couldn't rationalize it. He couldn't understand it. He couldn't see it. But he received it. And then the impossible becomes possible. What seems impossible one minute, through faith, becomes possible the next. You see, this man must also exercise faith. He cannot just depend on the faith of the four men. They have done their part. They have done everything possible to reach up to this stage when he himself must exercise faith on hearing the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up, take your mat, walk, and go home. He may say, impossible. I've tried that for 20 years. I couldn't get up. Somebody must carry me. Impossible, Jesus. And he can just lie there and do nothing. He would have missed the miracle. The seed of God's unlimited power has been planted. Will he receive it? Bible says he got up. And what seems impossible one minute, through faith, becomes possible the next. For nothing is impossible with God. Amen? Nothing is impossible with God. That is God's part. On our part, everything is possible for him who believes. It is possible for him who believes. So God says, not, uh, the word of God says, nothing is impossible for God. And on my part, it is possible. Everything is possible for those who believe. So impossible Break it down and you will see, I am possible. Hallelujah. I'm possible. It's true. Nothing is impossible. When God is in it and when you believe it, with faith in God, impossible becomes possible. Everybody say together, with faith in God, impossible becomes possible. That's how it was, my friend. It's that special relationship of man and God working together that makes the impossible 
possible. When you receive the word of the Lord, when Jesus says, get up, what do you do? You don't sit down. You don't lay down. You get up and you do what the word of the Lord instructs you to do and you will experience even the great miracle of God. And God is saying to many of you today, get out, get up, get up, hallelujah. You have been staying where you are for too long. You have been paralyzed for too long. You have been inactive for too long. You have been sick for too long. And the word of the Lord is released to you today. It is impossible humanly to get up from where you are. But God says it. You do it. You obey it. That's what faith is all about. And he said to you, get up from your lethargy. Get up from your laziness. Get up from your inaction. Believe me for the impossible and it shall become possible in your life. I, the Lord, your God will do it and you will see it and you will be amazed by it. You see, faith isn't something you believe. Faith is something you do. You get up. Faith isn't just something you think about. It's something you act on. Faith isn't simply a belief, a philosophy, or even a conviction. Faith is an activity. It's just trusting and obeying God, doing what He says to do, even though you do not know how it's all going to work out, and you just trust God with the outcome. That's what makes faith so exciting. That's why it's an adventure of faith. Get out. Get up. Start walking. Start doing what you have never been able to do before. And you'll be amazed by the results. Bible says, this amaze everyone. And they praise God, saying, Worship team, please. They praise God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Do you want to see something that you have never seen before? Do you want to be able to, to declare, I have never seen anything like this in my life before. That's what faith can do. Hallelujah. Jesus is in the house today. Jesus is here today who will be like the four men and, the, and, his, and their friends who will press into Jesus and say, Lord, I want to reach the unreachable. I want to find a way where there seems to be no way. And Lord, make the impossible possible for me. The miracles of God are unstoppable. He's a miracle-working God. So their faith is unstoppable. And we have here believers who are going to believe the Lord together. Our faith, our faith can do wonders. If we believe God together for a revival in our church, you think our grand revival? He will. If we believe together for healing to take place, whoever it is at the altar, two or three together agree, you think it will happen? It will. Let's combine our faith today and whatever your needs may be, 
Jesus is saying to you, get up, get up. If that is what you're hearing from the Lord, we are going to pray together and believe that faith will enable you to reach the unreachable. What is it that you are reaching out to the Lord for? Faith will find a way where there was no way and faith will make the possible, impossible possible. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. Lord, even right now, touch our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Let your word release, dear Lord, accomplish what is meant to accomplish. And yes, dear Lord, let our faith be stirred up. We are believing you, dear Lord, even for great things. And not only are we believing, but Lord, we are going to put into action, oh God, and do whatever that you place upon our heart, whatever, dear Lord, faith is telling us to do. And we, Lord, oh Lord, that our eyes will see that which we have never seen before, dear God. Thank you, dear Father, for what you are doing. Hallelujah. Shall we all stand in the presence of the Lord? If you are trying to reach the unreachable, if you are finding a way where there seems no way, if you are believing the Lord, even for the impossible to be turned possible, come out to the front here. Oh, our faith. We are going to pray together and something wonderful, something dramatic, something spectacular is going to happen in your life today, tomorrow, this week, this month, whatever it is. The Lord will reveal His glory in your life. The Lord will honor your faith and the faith of His people today. Something is happening. Get out from where you are and come to the altar. Lay it before the altar. Reach out to the Lord at the altar. Something is going to happen. Amen.